Girlfriends, episode number 285, Three Ways to Get Through a Big Change. Hello, and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we are talking about big changes and how we can thrive, not just survive through them. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriend, how are you? Glad you're here. Always glad to connect with you here on the podcast. If you are a first time listener to Girlfriends, I want to give you a special welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks for checking us out. I hope you're going to enjoy what we share here and want to become a regular part of our community here at Girlfriends. Those of you who are returning, thank you also for being here. I always pray for people who listen to the Girlfriends podcast. So you know what? You've already accomplished something. If you're listening to this podcast, you have been prayed for. (laughs) It's an extra little bonus you get for listening to Girlfriends. Anyway, this week, I am talking about making big changes. And this is on my mind because I've got kids leaving for college again, and this is killing me. I'm not going to lie. My mama heart is having a hard time right now. So I'm doing this show as much for me as for anybody else who might be experiencing this. I mentioned on a episode a few shows back that this is a time of year that I sometimes call the goodbye season. I started calling it that way back when my first kids were going away to college. And I realized this is a very melancholic time of year. It just felt that way among me and um, several other moms that I knew were going through similar transitions with kids going back to school, in some cases, just going back to school, still living at home, or in other cases, when they're going to college, or they're starting new jobs, or they're taking off in various ways. I wrote a whole book about this stage of motherhood, because it was that much of a new experience for me and something I really needed to process. So my book, Giving Thanks and Letting Go, Reflections on the Gift of Motherhood, is very much about this stage where you've got kids that are leaving an emptying nest, maybe not empty nest syndrome yet, but maybe your nest is emptying. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that in case um, any of you are going through that transition and looking for some thoughts on that and some support and some commiseration as you're going through that tough change. So I'm, like I said, I'm I've got a little bit of experience doing this now. I've this past year, um, we had half of our kids out of the house, half of the kids in the house. So we had four kids in our home last year. But this fall, on the day that I'm recording this, it's actually happening tomorrow morning that uh, my son Stephen and my daughter Gabrielle are leaving for college. They're going to Ave Maria University all the way down in Florida, you know, just a mere. I think it's like 1,300 miles from us here in New Hampshire. Um, And I'm thrilled for them. We love this school. My daughter, Juliet, is still there. My son, Ambrose, and his wife, Paulina, graduated from there, got their master's degrees there. We love this school. I love this opportunity for my kids who are going to be starting there this coming year. Thrilled for them. I know that there are good things in store for them there. I can't feel bad about what they're doing, but... It is hard because now we're going to go from the four at home to just two, our last two, numbers seven and eight under our roof during this coming school year. So Danny and Ray for our last two who are going to be in high school this year, ninth and 10th grade homeschooling. But that's a significant change. You know, I I felt like we took a hit a few years back when my daughter Juliet went away to school and my daughter 
Aunt Kateri, who was done with school, who had been living at home, got her own apartment. And then my son, who was going to school nearby, went all the way out to Colorado. That was a tough year. That was a big transition and felt like we took a big hit to our numbers here. But this feels similar because it's really, you know, half half the number of kids are going to be here this coming year. And it's going to be a change. It's going to be hard. And I, I feel like this summer has been busy. And actually, even just these last few days have been like a whirlwind of activity. You know, there's a lot to do when you've got kids that are packing up to go to school. But I've been as we're drawing closer to the time that they're leaving, becoming more and more aware of the way I'm feeling about this change. When you're busy, it's easy to kind of get caught up in the activity and the things that you need to do. But then when, you know, in moments where where I'm like, okay, this is actually happening tomorrow or, you know, over the weekend, I was like, okay, it's happening in a few days. We're like running out of time here. And there's kind of like a feeling of well, of course I'm sad, right? I'm sad I'm going to miss my kids and it's hard to go through change like that. But then also this feeling of like the kind of self-doubt that happens to us in parenting moments like these, like, did we do enough? Did we do the right things? Like, this feels like the, the last hurrah. But as I shared a couple of weeks ago when we talked about this goodbye season, they come back. You're not done being a parent. I mean, of course, some things are done and some significant parts of your responsibility are over when your child graduates high school and goes away to college or begins a job of their own or gets their own apartment or becomes independent in any way. Some things are done, but a lot of things aren't. You continue your relationship with them. And so, you know, I'm trying to stay focused on on those things, those positive things, but I am truly finding it hard. So I thought we could talk about this. You may or may not be experiencing something similar right now, or you might be going through some other kind of change. You might be going back to work for the first time or, you know, dealing with having maybe an elderly parent come and live with you on, you know, for you to care for them. There are different kinds of life changes that kind of give us a large disruption. And sometimes for very good reasons, like super positive change, like having a new baby or getting married or um, starting a new job. These are positive things, things that we want, but they're still, they still can be hard. And so I just wanted to share three different ways to get through a big change. If you're going through any kind of big change right now or anticipating one in the near future, I just wanted to share these thoughts with you because first and foremost, change is hard for good or for bad. Change is hard. We like things we like our, our routines. We like things to be the same. We like the security of things staying the same. And so, like I said, even if it's for a very positive thing, like I'm so glad my kids are going away to school, I'm still sad about it. I'm still feeling it. So I'm going to share three different things to in, maybe help you get through a transition like this, whatever it is that's going on with you right now. So first one I want to share is accept how you feel. Now that that seems maybe like a no-brainer, like of course I can accept how I feel, but think about it. How many times do we fight how we feel about something or do we judge ourselves for feeling a certain way or think that we should not or should be feeling a certain way? And I think that really compounds our stress sometimes. You know, when I very first ever started sharing about the transition of of letting kids go and kids moving out and um, the different kinds of feelings we have as moms during that stage, I heard from mothers in all different kinds of perspectives on that topic. There were moms who would contact me and say, my son's leaving for college. I am 100% devastated. I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life kind of thing. And then I had moms who were contacting me saying, my son's going away to college. I am beyond thrilled. I am so excited. I'm happy. I feel liberated in a lot of ways. And I feel guilty that I feel great about it. <laughs> like, you can't win, right? So 
I think it's important to just give yourself permission to feel however you are feeling and acknowledge it. Like I said, when I in recent weeks have been caught up in a lot of activity, a lot of busyness, a lot of stuff that needs to get done, you can get distracted into all of that. And that can become a way that you kind of avoid even thinking about how you're feeling. But it's important to examine how you're feeling, understand how you're feeling. You know, years ago, when my son Ambrose first went away to school, I was still pretty new at this whole thing. And it was, I, I was doing that sort of thing, kind of like pushing away the negativity, the negative feelings that I was having. And it wasn't good. It didn't add up to a healthy situation for me. So one example of that is, so when he first went to school, we kind of made a family trip out of it. And we all drove down to Florida. We went to Sanibel, spent a few days there as a family, then took him to school. And then the rest of us continued on down. We we drove down to the Florida Keys and spent a couple of days there. And, you know, kind of making it like an easier transition. Like we dropped him off, went on this little trip. We we're going to come back and see him one more time on our way back driving toward home. And, you know, it was a good plan, but I was very actively kind of suppressing my feelings. <laughs> In retrospect, I can see this. I didn't realize it at the time. But so we dropped him off at school and we we drove down into the Florida Keys and we were staying at this beautiful place and it was lovely that we, you know, had a number of our kids with us and it was great. And I just remember one of those nights, like I even managed like saying goodbye to Ambrose. I don't even think I cried. And it was like, okay, great. You know, we're going to see you in a few days. And I didn't, I didn't acknowledge that I was feeling negative about it in any way. And it was on one of those evenings when we were in the Florida Keys that Dan and I had a little alone time together. And I honestly cannot even tell you what we got in an argument about. It was something incredibly stupid. That's all I know. <laughs> and it turned into this giant thing. And I just ended up just sobbing, just crying, crying, crying in a way that didn't make any sense. And I was at first confused by it. And of course, Dan was confused by it. Like, what the heck is going on? And I realized at some point there, like, this isn't about what we just disagreed about. This is about me like not allowing myself to feel those negative feelings. So the second I had or acknowledged a negative feeling, the floodgates opened. And, you know, looking back on that, I, I try to remember that now as I'm going through something hard. And I try to allow myself to feel the negative feelings, feel the hard feelings. And sometimes because it's negative, we don't want to go there. Like, oh my gosh, I might never come back from it if I acknowledge that I'm sad about this or that this feels like a loss for me. But it truly is a loss for you. If you're feeling negatively about something, and maybe it's not a kid going away to college, maybe it's about um, a job you've lost, or you've moved away somewhere, or you know anything. If it's a loss for you, you can acknowledge that. Even if it's a loss for you that comes with an incredible gain, you can acknowledge and you can grieve the thing that you've lost, the thing that you're you're missing, that you're sad about. It's okay to feel that way. It causes us so much greater stress when we're even subconsciously just repressing those feelings or not allowing ourselves or fully acknowledging how we feel about something. So if you're feeling angry, if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling confused, give yourself the space to do that, like fully recognize how you're feeling about it. And that doesn't mean wallow in that. And I think that's why sometimes we push it away. Like that's a negative thing. I don't want to get caught up in negative feelings about this. I don't want to be wallowing in negativity as my my child's going through this, you know, positive change in his life or this thing's happening for our family. But that doesn't mean you have to wallow in it. You can acknowledge it and you can decide how you're going to respond to them. It's, there's no judgment. Like you can't control how you feel about something. If you, if something makes you angry, there's no no sin in, in something causing you that that feeling, that initial feeling. You don't 
control that. What you do control is how you respond to it. If something makes you sad, you don't control that. There's no judgment there. There's no reason to be telling yourself, oh, I shouldn't be sad about this. It's such a good thing. Or um, the opposite sometimes, like I gave you that example of that mom who reached out to me a couple of years ago, who was feeling happy and feeling bad about feeling happy. It's totally fine. Acknowledge how you're feeling about it. Spend a little time reflecting on it, not wallowing. Key there, the verb is reflect, not wallow, not dive deep into the negativity and stay there. But acknowledging it can be a very healthy thing. And then you can decide how you're going to respond to that feeling or how you're going to act based upon that feeling. So noticing your feelings, because sometimes if we don't take the time to recognize it and make a conscious choice, like how do I want to handle the fact that I'm feeling this way, then you're going to start acting a certain way based on those feelings, whether you realize it or not. You might have a moment like I did where all of a sudden it all just (laughs) comes flooding forth. That's not a healthy way to deal with it. So, you know, take the time to acknowledge how you're feeling and accept how you're feeling without any kind of judgment. Just acknowledge it and, you know, analyze it in that way and decide how you want to respond. You can't control if you're going to feel sad about something. And yeah, it's not it's not pleasant to feel sad about something. But acknowledging it, I think, gives, you know, just a real kind of validation to how you're feeling. How many times do we share our feelings with somebody, most notably probably our husbands, and get frustrated because they all we want is for them to validate how we're feeling, acknowledge that it makes sense for us to feel that way? Well, you can give yourself that gift if you don't have someone in your life to play that role. But if you do, for sure, talk it through with somebody and just share how you're feeling and just acknowledge it. And um, then, you, then you're free to make the choice to decide how you, you want to act based on that feeling. All right. The second way I want to encourage you to get through a big change is to increase your prayer time. Whatever amount of time you spend daily in prayer, when you are going through a big change, which equals a hard change, I don't care if it's a good change, it's still hard if it's a big change, you need more time with God. You need more time in prayer. And so whatever amount of time you usually spend in prayer, look for a way to increase it. Maybe when you're going through a big change, that's a time when you want to get to an extra weekday mass or make time for adoration or spend evening time in prayer if usually you only pray in the mornings. Or maybe that's when you want to pray a novena, just something as simple as that, just adding something to your daily routine can really be a good way to kind of anchor yourself in your relationship with God, the perspective from which you should be viewing all the things going on in your life, connecting with God. That's the way that you're going to have the right perspective on all of those things. So you might try a novena. Um, I shared that surrender novena a couple of weeks ago, and wow, I heard from a lot of people that really responded to that. Either they were introduced to it for the first time, and I'm so grateful for the chance to be able to share it with people for the first time. Um, But then I heard from people who said that it's been a a powerful part of their prayer lives for some time now. So um, if you haven't listened to that episode, that can be a great way to get back. It's it's about two weeks ago now that um, I shared right here on Girlfriends about the, the power of that surrender novena. And that might be a very powerful way that you add to your prayer life that honestly takes just five minutes a day. But the, the really beautiful thing about that novena or other kinds of novenas or small prayers, or then you can take them with you into your day. So from the surrender novena, that little phrase of, oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you, take care of everything. You can take that with you into your day. And so if you're adding a little prayer like that to your daily life when you're going through a big change, going through something difficult or challenging in any way, 
that's a beautiful way in a moment where you're struggling, in a moment where you're tempted to feel sad or get upset or get angry. You can turn to Jesus in that small little way and just give it to him, surrender to him, give it, give it to him and trust in him to take care of it. That's a beautiful way to kind of get through that. So whatever amount of time you're normally spending in prayer, if you're going through a big change, you need to be spending more time in prayer, even if it's just five minutes with a daily daily novena or another little prayer like that. Okay, the third way I want to share with you for a way to get through a big change, and this is really important, and I just try to remind people of this all the time, including myself, is give yourself grace grace slash space when you're going through a big change, when you're going through something hard. Give yourself the space for it. And so what do I mean by that? Give yourself a little time to rest. Give yourself a break from constant activity. Don't take on something that's going to be extra challenging for your time, for your energy, for your mental space. Because going through a big change, even if it doesn't actually require much time on your part, it is tiring. It takes energy. Have you ever gone through something that was emotionally traumatic in some way or or very difficult and at the end of that day just feel 100% depleted? Like I'll never forget soon after we got married, Dan's mother suffered a serious stroke and that was a terrible day. And, you know, we got called into the hospital. It was just like this whirlwind of stuff we did all day. And I remember at the end of that day thinking, I've never before in my life felt so exhausted, physically exhausted. And it had nothing to do with, you know, the physical energy I had expended that day. It was entirely emotional. And, you know, I've I've experienced that in various ways since then. But if you're going through a big change, it might not be something that happens in a traumatic, dramatic moment like that, where you can recognize it like, oh, this is exhausting me. But it, it certainly is taking your time and energy. So it's important to recognize that as you're going through any sort of a transition or change and give yourself some space for that. Give yourself grace. This isn't the time to be beating yourself up because you're not staying on top of everything as as perfectly as you normally would, whether it's the amount of work that you're getting done or your fitness routine or your book club or housekeeping or whatever. You know, if you're able to cut some corners, you know, whatever it is, maybe get takeout instead of having to make dinner or maybe asking a friend to help with carpool or whatever ways you can give yourself a little extra space and time, do that now. Give yourself that. So many times we just refuse to do that for ourselves. We try to power through something that's hard. And, you know, I think that that's, I think that reflects the spirit of pride, perhaps, when we're trying to power our way through, like, I'm not reliant on anybody, I'm not even reliant on God when I'm doing that, just trying to get through on my own strength, my own perseverance, my own hard work, I can just push right through this hard thing. And, you know, a little bit of that kind of pushing through might be required in certain points in your life. But if you're going through something hard, give yourself a little bit of space to deal with it all of that that's taking time, that's taking energy, that's tiring, that's depleting, that's exhausting. So allow yourself the time to process that. Allow yourself the time to reflect. Like I just shared, we've been busy with a lot of things as we're kind of preparing for this big change that's going to be taking place tomorrow when my kids leave. And it, it can be easy, especially when there's a big thing like that happening, to just get caught up in activity. But um, it's important to have some downtime. It's important to give yourself the time to reflect, the time for that increased prayer time, perhaps, increased quiet time. Maybe this is the, the time in your life where you're going to 
just allow yourself to take some time off from something you normally do and just go for a quiet walk instead. Have those those moments of quiet, solitude, rest, respite kind of built in to allow yourself the space and the time and the energy that you need for dealing with a big change in your life, recognizing that. Okay, those are just three ways that I want to share with you. But the the last thing I want to, the kind of note I want to end on besides these three, accept how you feel, increase your prayer time, and give yourself grace, is look for the positive. Even if you're going through a big change that's very hard and you would never choose, and it feels negative in every way, look for something that's positive that can come out of it, whether it's an increased closeness with one of your kids or a friend or um, somebody's taking care of you in some way through that, or even if it's just something like your kids are going away to school and you're going to notice the positive of more free time that you can spend on something else, or um, more space in your house, or uh, more opportunities to do a different kind of work, or, you know, whatever it is, I just want to encourage you to look for the positive. Sometimes when you're going through a hard change, especially in family life, we feel like we need to get kind of stuck in that that negative mindset about it. Like that, that woman who shared with me that she felt guilty for feeling good about what was going on. Just allow yourself to look for the positive. And even if it's something very small, find it, find it so that you don't wind up like we said, wallowing in those negative feelings. All right, those are my thoughts about how to get through a big change, things that might help you through a big change in your life, whatever it is you have going on. But maybe you have some thoughts. Maybe you want to share with me what's helped you through a big change, what you're going through right now. What kind of big changes are you experiencing in your family life? How are they uniquely challenging you? And in what ways are you finding the positive in the midst of change in your life right now? You can send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on Voxer. The link to connect with me on Voxer and send me a voicemail is always available in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. All right, coming up, we've got a little bit more of the show, but first a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean and you're listening to The Girlfriends Podcast. Am I saved? How do I develop a better prayer life? How do I trust in God? The Curious Catholic is a new series of bite-sized books from Ascension that answer these questions and more. The Curious Catholic features small books from various authors that provide busy Catholics ways to go deeper into spiritual questions. The first three titles in the series are from Father Mike Schmitz, host of the Bible in a Year podcast. Father Mike's books explore the topics of salvation, prayer, and trusting in God. To learn more about the Curious Catholic series, go to ascensionpress.com slash curiouscatholic. That's ascensionpress.com slash Curious Catholic. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where in these past few weeks, I've been doing a little bit of a mini book club based on my new book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday. If you're not familiar with this book, you can check it out at ascensionpress.com. It's also available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and your local Catholic bookseller. If you have a Catholic bookstore near you, I really want to encourage you to check out the book there because that's a great way to support a local faith-based business as well as get your copy of Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday. So I've been going through chapter by chapter in this kind of mini book club here, which has been a lot of fun. And now we're at the end of the book where there are these two Well, there's a conclusion chapter, which is called Everyday Places Beginning to See, which is kind of just an invitation to kind of keep growing in this way of finding God in the everyday. But then there are two 
appendices, which are um, everyday prayers, which is really a collection of some of my favorite prayers, old and new, some from the saints, some from uh, liturgy, from church tradition, and then some that I kind of discovered newly in recent years. And um, I share those here. And it's a nice little collection so that if you're using this book in a prayerful way, it this can be a way that you can flip to the back and just spend a little time in prayer after you read a chapter, perhaps. Um, but then even more so, a way to kind of go through the book prayerfully is the next section, which is called Everyday Scripture. And what I did here was I took each of the chapters that we've gone through here, all the different themes that we've talked about here, week by week here in this mini book club, um, and I've taken scripture passages and shared them along those themes. So, you know, the first one, first chapter is encountering God and other people. So I shared scripture passages that relate to that theme. Um, the next one is finding God in joy. And then I shared some brief, very brief scripture passages that are on that theme as well. And what I hope that you'll do here, and this is what I invite you to do in the introduction to this segment, is to read these passages. Like say you read the second chapter and you want to spend some time in prayer reflecting on finding God in joy. So you can just go to that section of the book, read that scripture passage prayerfully, carefully, quietly, slowly, and then just spend some time in silence listening for what God wants to say to you in his word. And this is where I really encourage people to begin to pray because I hear from some people sometimes who say, I don't even know where to begin. I don't know how to pray. I don't understand what it looks like. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And this is really a beautiful, very simple way of, of doing it. Um, you know, we shared here in the start of this show about going through a big change, going through something hard. And when you're going through something hard, sometimes even if you normally are really regular about prayer, it comes naturally to you. You're experienced at it all these things, you might find when you're going through something hard that all of a sudden it's hard to pray. Um, I know for sure, for me, um, there have been, you know, during some of the hardest moments in my life that I will go to like my regular prayer time and just feel like I I've got nothing, you know? I, I'm not okay. I, I just feel exhausted or I feel completely distracted by, you know, whatever it is you're going through. And that can be a really hard thing. So I think getting back to basics when you're in a situation like that, or beginning with basics, if you're new to the practice of prayer, um, is a really great place to start. And this is where you can just reading that passage, which are very brief, you could just pick one and then just spend, you know, five minutes in silence, listening for what God might want to say to you, reflecting on what you heard, perhaps pulling a word or a phrase out of that scripture passage that you just read and holding it in your mind, reflecting on it, and just listening for where God wants to lead you in that time of prayer. So those are the kind of practical appendices that are at the end of Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, and I hope they will be useful to you. This book is small enough that you could put it in a bag, you could keep it in your car, you could bring it with you wherever you're going and just have access to those prayers and those those quick scripture passages as a way to just spend a few moments in prayer. If you have your copy of Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, I would love to hear from you in the different ways you're using it. I know some of you are beginning book clubs with women in your community. I'm so excited to hear about how that's going to be going for you this fall. I hope you will stay in touch with me as you're going through the book. You can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I am Danielle Bean, especially on Instagram. That's where I'm most active, and I love to be able to connect with you and have conversations based on the book. 
And that's all the time we have for today. But I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for being part of the Girlfriends podcast. It means so much to me that we get to share this little bit of time each week and that you invite me into your life in this way. I do not take that for granted. So thank you for being here. Thank you for all the ways that you share and promote and help spread the word about the Girlfriends podcast. I'm so grateful to you. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.